0: I'm going to invite you this morning to consider adopting something. You've probably heard of adopt a highway or adopt a school. Well, I'm going to invite you and myself to adopt an attitude, a mindset, a disposition. Now, we probably maybe not realize it as much as, as, as we do, but we carry a mindset into a world, a fixed disposition, a something that predetermines our responses and situations um, to life. It's, It's how we think. It's how we respond. It's how we see others. Our mindsets, they drive and shape all that we do, how we engage with others, how we behave in every moment, in every situation. They can be fixed. Mindsets can be changed, but it's awfully difficult at times. Being aware of your mindset is important. It shapes our beliefs, which shapes our actions, and in turn shapes our attitudes. So mindsets matter. So I'm going to invite you in a few moments to maybe adopt a different one, maybe adopt a new one, maybe it's where you already are. The great English writer, poet, and lay theologian G.K. Chesterton once wrote these words, the chief object of education is not to learn things, but to unlearn things. I think that's a good definition sometimes of the spiritual journey. The chief object is not always to learn things, but to unlearn things. Those things have to do with life, how we relate to the world, how we relate to one another, how we respond to life. I think this process of unlearning, it's another way of thinking about repenting. When we repent, we rethink our life. We unlearn patterns that sabotage and diminish life. We open up our hearts to new attitudes, a different mindset, a different way of thinking, a mindset that brings All that we do are actions and responses into something that's more life-giving, something that's more whole, something that adds beauty. So if we're to unlearn, then who or what do we learn from? And I think this is where the term disciple becomes very profound. It's a term which literally means to be a student, or an apprentice, or a master craftsman. When I was in high school, I was an engraver for a couple years in a jewelry store. And before I could actually start engraving, I was an apprentice. And the person who I came after, I just shadowed this person, I followed them around, I watched how they engraved, I watched everything they did. And then I practiced a little, I practiced a little bit more, and then I practiced a little bit more. And I really believe that that is the ultimate way of looking at how we do discipleship. We are apprentices that are just simply learning as we go along in life, little by little, bit by bit, putting into practice what we see. And when we enter into this journey of learning and unlearning, we unlearn all that's not conducive to living, and we learn all that gives us this new mindset that enables us to flourish and live. Now, researchers will tell you about mindsets. We either have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And we probably have a little bit of both. Sometimes I can have a very fixed mindset. In other words, I'm not budging This is how it's going to be. This is how I sit. Sometimes I have a growth mindset. I'm really open to things. I'm really open to your ideas and your opinions. I'm really open to learning something new. But I want to offer this. What if there were a third way? And the third way was simply this. What if we adopted a Jesus mindset, if you will? As the Apostle Paul writes in what Susie read, in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In fact, maybe this would be a good place to begin. We're invited into this journey of learning and unlearning where we are offered this alternative way of seeing this world, an alternative way of responding to the world and one another and living in community with one another. We're invited by Paul to adopt a mindset or attitude that helps us to see life and do it from a different perspective. In the scripture that Susie read, Um, Verse 5 simply um, offers it this way. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Or another version reads, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And I reference both of these because I want to underscore the point that for our purposes, attitude and mindset really mean the main thing. Paul is simply saying this. He is inviting us to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus and how it influences how we relate to one another and how we go about our daily lives. Now, I think you get the idea of mindset. I've probably spent more than enough time on that. I would just want to underscore it because mindsets do matter. How we view and frame the world does matter. And what informs that framing is very, very significant and we know that Paul never met Jesus in physical form. He met the living Christ. I don't know if Paul would have used those terms, but I like that. He met the living Christ in a very radical reorientation and conversion of his life and call. But I would suggest that Paul knew deeply about the life of Jesus. He knew how Jesus lived. He, he knew how he treated others. He knew how he interacted with the world. He knew the kind of presence that Jesus brought to those around him, the presence of a humble servant. Now this is Palm Sunday, and this Thursday is what the church often recognizes as Monday Thursday, a day that recognizes the Last Supper. So both of these days offer a picture of Jesus, which is often counter- to what we see in our society today, the prevalent mindset, the mindsets that sometimes I often think is sort of like Burger King, you can have it your way, or maybe a mindset of me first or a mindset of scarcity in which we're all competing for recognition or attention or power. It can be one of domination or superior, superiority in which everyone flexes their muscles and tries to show the other who's the most powerful or who is control or who is the strongest. It's often a mindset of trying to get the most power rather than giving up power. A mindset of climbing up the ladder then rather than climbing down the ladder. It's a mindset of ascent and stepping on others along the way. Then a mindset of descent and stooping down. Everything that we run into, everything that faces us, at least for me, everything that, that I make decisions around often seems counter to this way that Jesus offers so this is where Palm Sunday and Monday, Thursday offer such a different and radical picture. Rather than domination and power, Jesus enters as a humble king who rides a donkey and kneels down in humility in front of others and washes their feet. Rather than violence and vengeance, Jesus enters as a king who brings peace and offers forgiveness to his executioners. Rather than a mindset of I'll have it my way, Jesus bows down before God in the garden, and he says, not my will, but your will be done. And every moment, every encounter, every step of the way, Jesus offers this vision, this mindset, this attitude, that there is an alternative to the darkness around him. And it's from this that Paul writes, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This mindset is that of a servant. As Paul writes, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. It's a mindset in which we're invited to this this process of servanthood, this process of humility, this process of looking out for others first rather than looking out for ourselves. Now, I would love it if Paul just stopped right here. It really would help me and make it easier in life because I love it when it's theoretical. And I don't have to necessarily think about what it looks like in daily life. But then, how would it really change us? How would it really make a difference if somehow it wasn't fleshed out? Paul never lets us get to that point. He always brings it home to real life. Now, Susie didn't read these verses before, but I'm going to read them. The verses preceding verses 5 and 11. Here's what Paul writes. Complete my joy... By thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other, don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Or as another translation puts it, then make me truly happy, Paul writes, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves, don't look out for only your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Now whatever translation we use, whatever you choose to use, the basics stay the same. Strive to find places of agreement with each other. Don't be selfish and only look out for yourself, but look out for the interest of others. Don't be trying to always impress others, but live a life of humility. Play second fiddle every now and then. Don't manipulate just to look out for your own interest and get your own way. But take an interest in others and do what's best for them. Now, when we hear Paul's letters, by the way, we hear it individually. That is, we hear it as individual persons. But I think it's important to note that Paul's letter was first written to a faith community, a community of people, people who gathered together. What Paul is reminding us is that the marks of a faith community, congregation, church, the marks of a faith community is that they live with the mindset of Jesus, of servanthood, humility towards one another, thinking of others as better than yourselves, and looking out for the interest of others. We may use best practices to get done what we need to get done organizationally, but what Paul is saying, we must always do them with the mindset and attitude of Jesus. Now this week, the week between Palm Sunday and Easter, as I said, I'm going to invite you. myself to give intention to living with this mindset of Jesus. Where does one start? Well, it may sound overly simplistic, but a good place to start is this. to simply ask God to give us an open heart and a mind to receive this mindset. This mindset, because when we ask, we're in this receptive mode for this mindset. When we're in that receptive mode, the Spirit grants us grace by giving us what we need, and in this case, the mindset of Jesus. I can't really put it any other way than it's just simply an act of grace. I can't put it in any other way than t- as one is receptive. I believe it happens. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, uh, a colleague in uh, another state. We have been starting to talk for one hour a month on the phone, just pastor to pastor. Yeah, we talk about you guys. He talks about his, but anyway. <laughs> Oh, good, though. That's right. Thank you, Susie. But as we were talking, he was, I was relating to him a story uh, from the past and about how I had reacted and how, how I used to react. And he said to me, he said, that sounded real mature, the way you responded. And I thought to myself, I know that kind of surprised me how I did respond. And I realized I had changed over the years, but what I realized was it wasn't me that had done the change, and it was God's grace that had changed me. As I had become more receptive to this different mindset, more graciousness, more patience. I don't always get it right, but I realized as I wanted to be that, as I opened my heart to that, it became more apparent. And then he says to me, but didn't you just want to give that person the peace of their mind and tell them how you really felt? And I said, get behind me, Satan. I really did say that to him. (laughs) We're good friends. But then I said this. I said, no, no, I didn't. And I said, I'm not being overly pious. I said, here's why. I know myself well enough to know that once I start down that road, there's no turning back. Once I start down that path, I know where it will lead. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that kind of human being. I said, so it's only by the grace of God and knowing where it will take me that keeps me in this place that sometimes sounds mature and gracious. So ask, open up one's heart to this receptive place of simply asking God's spirit to say, God, give me this mindset of the living Christ, this mindset of Jesus, which will enable me to be a person of humility and servanthood and grace And next I would suggest this. Look for opportunities in your regular schedule and daily patterns to live out this mindset. For example, in your relationships at home, at work, in volunteer opportunities, your marriages. What would it look like in all of those to be looking out for their interest, to do what is better for others? To try not to be selfish, to try to impress others, but to think of them as better than you. You know, it's often hard for us to give out praise and appreciation because our insecurities kick in and keeps us stuck in wanting to make sure someone isn't better than us, or they don't get more recognition than us, or they don't get more attention than us. But what if we simply allow the possibility that someone else might be good at something or better than us, and we acknowledged it with an expression of appreciation or encouragement? Or we simply took the time to look out for someone else's interests rather than my own self-interest. What can I do for you? What's going on with you? Where do you need help? How can I support you? And lastly, I would engage in what the Quaker writer Richard Foster calls hidden service. I love how he puts it this way. The flesh whines against service, but it screams against hidden service. Don't we all want everyone to know what we did? Don't we all want everyone to know how we served well and how we reached out? And what Richard Foster says is the best antidote for the soul is to do hidden service. You don't tell anybody. The right hand has no idea what the left hand is doing and vice versa. These hidden service or acts of service we engage in on behalf of others, the kind of stuff that doesn't get noticed, we do it because it's good for them. It's good for our soul. It's good for rebuilding our world. It could be sending a card of appreciation. It could be stopping by to spend time with someone you know that's lonely, thanking a server at a restaurant, or leaving an extra generous tip. It's anything that's in the service of someone else but won't get noticed because that's not why you're doing it. This past uh, week when I went to visit Norma, it was really fun hearing what really brought her a lot of joy. And USFW does this, I think. But she just loved whoever, by the way, if you're in this room, if you are her secret pal, she loved the basket that you gave her. It just made her weak. But it's hidden service. That's why it's called secret. I told Norma that. She says, I don't know who did it for me. I said, well, Norma, I can't tell you because I don't know either. And if I did, it wouldn't be a secret anymore, would it? So just maybe, maybe we go out this week being secret pals to everybody. Maybe we go out this week being secret pals to our family, secret pals to our co secret pals to people we don't even know. These hidden acts of service where we simply begin to look out for the interest of others rather than just for ourselves. The message um, Eugene Peterson translates that last verse this way, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Sometimes it's as profound as that. Who needs a helping hand in your life? Who needs a helping hand in your neighborhood? Who needs a helping hand in your family? Sometimes we adopt a new habit. Sometimes we adopt a new hobby. But let's open ourselves to the gracious presence of God. The God, as Brian McLaren writes, is the supreme healer, the supreme friend, the supreme lover, the supreme life giver, who self-empties in gracious love for all. And let's adopt a new mindset. Maybe after this week you'll find you really like it. Maybe after this week, you'll discover that it frees you up to be the kind of person you really do want to be. Maybe after this week, you realize that God has touched and graced your heart in a way that you could have never imagined because you opened yourself up to it to be that different person and to carry this different mindset into the world. Let's take a few moments and we'll close.